0: Prophets, what if God sent a prophet to you, the real deal prophet, and the prophet gives God's words to you, will you follow the words of this prophet? If this prophet calls you to change, for instance, or move in a a new direction, or whatever it is, do you see yourself Responding to that prophet by rejecting him or her, or by accepting what God offers you through this prophet? I think all of us, including myself, would like to think that if God sent the real deal to us, a prophet, that of course we will respond. and Whatever God says to us about, for instance, our future, we will do. But the whole history of Israel, and the people of God's relationship to a series of prophets, tells another story. Every single one of those prophets were rejected by people. Now, not all the people, but many of the people. Many accepted, but many rejected the prophets. And never wholesale to the people except the prophets. And that's the case with our first reading from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter 7. God calls up Amos. He's a, a regular person like you and I. He's not a professional prophet. Calls him up and calls him to preach a message to God's people. And it's, it's not complex either. It's two things. It's basic religion. He's calling them back to basic religion. Restore your covenant relationship with God and curb your self-indulgence. That's it. And they rejected Him. And the way in which they reject Him is very clever. We do the same. They reject him because they accuse him of not being the real deal. And how they accuse him of not being the real deal is they say, you're a prophet for profit. You're in this racket for the money. Or they say, you're a part of a company of prophets. So in Amos' day and even in Jesus' day, prophets sometimes was a family business. My father was a prophet, my grandfather was a prophet, and they were shams. And the Israelites at least could see that. But sometimes they got into business for money, too. So Amos responds to that. He says, I'm not part of a a company of prophets. It's not a family business. I, I didn't go to school to become a prophet. And I'm certainly not in this for the money. He says this. I was a dresser of sycamore and a shepherd and the Lord called me up. Meaning, he had land. He had livestock and he had crops. And in that day, brothers and sisters, that means he was wealthy. Very wealthy. And he was willing to respond to God calling him out of that comfortable life first of all and then into the uncomfortable mission of calling God's people back to himself back to God so he puts that issue to rest he is the real deal and of course we know he's the real deal we're reading from the book of the prophet Amos but the people knew that during the day and still they rejected him about basic things like put God first and stop being so self-indulgent. Makes me think of a movie and the story behind a movie, uh, the Matrix. Anybody seen the Matrix? One of like the best sci-fi movies ever, blockbuster hit 1999. I've watched it like 35 times. There's a scene in the Matrix that really kind of sets up the whole film. Morpheus, who is the prophet, and Morpheus' name should tell you something too. Morpheus means change, you know, like I morph from one thing into another thing. So Morpheus, this prophet, this father figure, this mentor, he comes to a man named Neo. And Neo, again, means new. is going to become a new man. But he isn't that yet. So Morpheus comes to Neo and he says, listen, you have a choice here about your life and your future. I hold in my hand two capsules, one blue and one red. You choose which one you want. And then he goes on to describe. He says the blue one, the blue one, if you take it, it would turn you back to your comfortable life. And you go on living under the illusion That you are free you go on living doing the things that you do where behind the scenes the machine of society of culture of the world is telling you how to think how to act how to live what to say what not to say what to do and so on and so forth so you can go back to that way of life but you'll never be free And you'll never be authentically man. And you'll never do what you were created to do and become who you were meant to become. And you'll always have that itch that something very important is missing in your life. And you'll struggle with purposelessness and meaninglessness all of your life. So you could take the blue pill and return to your comfortable enslaved life. Or, or, he says, you can take the red pill, the red capsule. If you take this red capsule, you will be violently pulled out of your life. It it, it will be difficult for you. But you will also be free for the first time in your life. And you'll grow more and more in that freedom as you become convinced by the reality of the world, the real world, that you're being called into. You will be free. And you will become authentic. You'll be the real deal. And furthermore, in your freedom, you will be called to free others. And the enemy As soon as you start living, this life will come after you. And it will be the most fulfilling life you will ever live. It will truly be an adventure. You choose. Neo, true to his name, picks the new life. And he takes the red capsule. And off goes the adventure. I think about... This story, not just in light of Amos, but also in light of our gospel reading. Mark chapter 6. We had just heard that Jesus has called his disciples and now names them apostles, meaning, yes, we're all in different ways disciples, meaning we, f- we follow or we try to follow God, but it doesn't call us into action. It it doesn't allow us to be sent. That's what an apostle means, to be sent on a mission. So now God has taken these men that he's called and he's actually now sending them on mission. He's taken men who are disciples, followers of his, and now he's making them apostles and sending them out on mission. He's calling them to take the red capsule. He's calling them to be prophets. But... He sets a couple conditions for it. Just a few. For them to be successful in their mission. In their life as disciples and apostles. And in their life in the mission that he's going to give them. He says this. I'm about ready to send you out on a mission. And when you go out on a mission. Don't take a walking stick with you. Don't take extra money in your belt. Don't take an extra tunic and an extra pair of sandals. What's he saying there? He's not talking about clothes or money. What he's talking about is put yourself under my providence, like we were talking about last week. Put yourself under my providence. Not under your your own power. Not under the power of others. In fact, I'm trying to free you from the powers of others. And don't rely upon the provisions of this world where the world is feeding you. Rely upon me and my power. And then the mission that you do will be successful. Because I will be doing it through you rather than you doing it separate from me. That's what that means. But then he goes on for a second thing. And he says so then, when you go to households, to people, to towns, and you, you preach my word, and he's going to talk about what the three things that are. He's going to ask them to do. When you do these three things, then people will respond. And the way I'm changing your life, I will, through you, change their lives. However, he says, just as surely as there are those who will accept you, there are those who will reject you. This is what he says to this, the second part. He says, so, when people reject you, this this is coming from our Lord, shake the dust from your feet and move on, for God's sakes, because there are other people who need this message and who will respond. Don't get stuck with rejection. And here's our problem, problem, brothers and sisters, who call ourselves Christians. One or two things. Because we are so afraid of being rejected by others. We don't even allow the Lord to send us out on mission. Sometimes to our own wayward family members and friends and friend groups. Because we're afraid of being rejected. And so we get stuck with them before we ever get started. Or, or, or. Yeah, we give it a go. We talk to our wayward son or daughter or, or spouse or, um, our, you know, our friend or somebody that we work with or our neighbor or a who's stopped practicing their faith long ago or a stranger or, or you know, sitting down on a plane, um, somebody that we're, you know, be, becoming familiar with in a conversation. We give it a go and then they reject us. And because they reject us, we get stopped. We get stuck. We don't try, try, try again. I'm not just talking about with them. And Jesus, by the way, he's not saying, you know, like for family and friends, don't give up on them. Yes, continue to pray for them. Continue to witness to them. Continue to be an example for them. Continue to inspire them. Continue to pray for opportunities where they're actually going to be able to listen to you and respond to you. Yes, do that. But just don't get stuck with them. Because they're not your only mission in life. Just your own little groups. We've got the whole world out there. And that's what he means by put yourself under my provision, under my power. Don't get so loaded down by the powers and the provisions of this world that you become so attached to them that you're afraid of losing them if you speak up, if you live up the faith. So he's saying, live a detached life in such a way that you can shake the dust off your feet and move on to the next person. Because listen, there's always going to be two categories of people in this world. Amos knew it, the apostles knew it, and we need to know it. There's always going to be people among the people that we know and the people that we don't know who are just going to reject God in multiple ways. And there are always going to be people who will accept God. But my God, if we get stuck with the ones who reject them because they rejected him through us, meaning we felt rejected also, then how are we ever going to get to as Christians on mission to the ones who are actually out there and will receive God if we just get to them? So those are the two conditions. And each one of those apostles took the red capsule. And they did three things that the Lord asked them to do. They went out and preached repentance. They cast out demons, evil. And they cured through the power of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? They preached repentance. They called people out. Here's the lies that you're living. Here's the illusion that you're living. That your sin is better than what God has to offer you. Repent of this. Reject the illusion. Reject the lies. So then, you can reject the demon. The evil one. The one who's trying to enslave you. The one's trying to enslave you by a comfortable life. By providing everything that you need... So that you can't see through the illusion to a better life. A free life. An authentic life. Cast out that demon. Cast out that evil. And then, and then, you will be able to heal them. Meaning, restore them. Make them whole. Authentic. Free. And they did that. And they changed the world. And what we're seeing now in modern times is that the world is gaining ground again. So we have to do what Amos did. We have to do what the apostles did. We have to be willing again to take the red capsule. Stop taking the blue capsule. Here's the thing. God will always send prophets into our lives. Prophecy did not end with the Scriptures. Let me say that again. When we think of prophets, we think of Amos, we think of the apostles, we think of John the Baptist, and we think that all ended with the the Scriptures. No, prophets, as we learn from Amos and the apostles, are regular, ordinary people that respond to God's grace, and God calls them out of the illusions that they are self-made men and women. And into a better world, yes, a world that's going to challenge us because we're now followers, truly followers, on mission for Jesus Christ. But we're going to do that as free persons, not controlled by the machines of this world. My God, if you think that you are free living in this world, you have taken the blue pill. Right? So God will always send prophets into our lives. And they won't be just people like a a, a priest preaching to you. Maybe, maybe this preaching will affect you, maybe. But God will send a host of other people into your life. They might be brothers and sisters. They might be fellow parishioners. They might be classmates. They might be whoever who God works his grace. That person responds. They're willing to take the red capsule. And guess what? Now they're coming to you and they're holding out to you. Which one will you take? You will always have a choice. But here's the deal about this. You also have people in your life, and you can think of them right now, who need Jesus. and need Jesus in so many different ways, right? And you're praying for them, and you're, and you're concerned about them, and you're, you know, whatever, right? People who are near and dear to you. And you want them to choose the red pill. And God wants to use you to convince them to take the red pill. But you will never be able to get them to take the red pill unless you yourself swallow it.